0: If you search the word testosterone on YouTube, you'll get thousands of videos telling you how you can increase your testosterone with various exercises. There are a lot of people making some pretty insane claims, but which of these claims actually have any evidence? Today, I'm gonna walk you through the evidence on what type of exercise actually helps increase testosterone. Let's go. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Season 4, Episode 9 of the Building Lifelong Athletes Podcast, where our goal is to help you stay active and healthy for life through practical and actual information. I'm Jordan Reneke, your host. Thanks so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Today, we're talking all about exercise and testosterone, right? If you go online and you are looking at social media, testosterone is talked about everywhere and every single person seems to have an opinion and i guess i do as well because here i am on a podcast talking about testosterone but you'll see a lot of insane claims it's actually quite overwhelming like you just scroll through and see that someone's talking about this testosterone this this testosterone that and if you do this it's killing your testosterone it's just so much to handle obviously this whole podcast you know season we've been talking about testosterone and whatnot, but specifically we're talking about exercise right people talk about hey you need to do x y and z exercise to get testosterone but It's overwhelming, so we're gonna kind of break it down here and hopefully simplify this and make this practical for you. And when we look at the data, we really don't know that much. It's kind of disappointing, so it's not nearly as settled as everyone online will have you think it is, but that's okay. We do have some data, let's go through it and we'll get it figured out, so let's get started. First of all, it wouldn't be a podcast talking about testosterone and exercise if we didn't talk about resistance training, right? Everyone loves lifting weights. If you're listening to this, you're probably a little bit biased towards lifting weights, as I typically am. But that being said, we understand every type of exercise is beneficial. So that being said, though, resistance training is the one that everyone touts. is so important. It's so important to raise testosterone. And what does it add to show? Well, yeah, it looks like if you do have resistance training as a part of your program, it can increase your testosterone. But let's talk about it here. First of all, there's kind of some caveats, right? So if you just kind of go into the gym and say, okay, I'm just gonna do two sets of 10, super lightweight, and don't break a sweat, that's not gonna do anything for your testosterone. Like I said, I'm not gonna say, hey, if, I, if it's either that or nothing, I'm obviously gonna pick that. I'm always gonna you know, pick activity and exercise over nothing. But it seems like to get a raise in testosterone, we wanna have a higher intensity. So higher intensities seem to raise testosterone. Also might raise other things like IGF-1 and growth hormone, so kind of, getting a good benefit of multiple hormones from exercise. And it also seems related to the muscle mass use. So what I mean by that is, exercises that use more muscles tend to have a higher probability of increasing testosterone acutely. So what, we, what do we mean by that? Well, Large compound movements. People talk about compound movements, things like deadlifts, squats, squat, bench press, things like that will be very beneficial. The reason that we believe this is they've done some studies all showing that people use small muscles and they, you know, work them to fatigue. So pretty much like failure. And they don't see an elevation in testosterone. So it's really kind of that large muscle group using as much muscle mass as possible that seems to get us that response like i said so if you're just doing isolated bicep curl right you just hammer that out you get the pump it feels good but it might not have the systemic effect the way i kind of think about it is we need to really kind of shock the body and we need to really kind of put a significant amount of stress on there through you know compound movements to really get a, a elevation or testosterone so on top of that they also looked at hey are free weights or you know dumbbells whatever those better than machines and it seems like possibly Um, obviously you can still fatigue yourself quite a bit uh, with compound movements on different machines but it seems like in a couple studies that free weights might actually be a little bit better like i said odds are that's just because we're incorporating a little more muscle mass when you do that right so when you're on the free weights you have to use all your big muscles but then also you're kind of stabilizing and working on different activation and core activation all those things this is all theoretical but that's typically what's happening that's kind of if i had to guess why we're seeing those results One specific paper I looked at was showing an increase in testosterone with a combination of moderate intensity, higher volume, and shorter resting period. So if we break those down saying, hey, you know, we kind of know higher moderate intensity. So it doesn't have to be like, 10 out of 10 RPE, like we don't have to go to failure. That is not something we have to do, but you know, we're going up there and it's it's challenging, right? Like the recommendations we pretty much talk about are RPE anywhere from like, you know, six, seven and above, you know, as long as we're getting a moderate intensity that we're working hard, that can be it. And then higher volume, meaning more reps is typical, as, or more sets. So that seems to be special, beneficial, and then shorter rest periods, right? So essentially what that's doing by having a shorter rest period, we're essentially increasing the intensity because we're not waiting as long, we're not resting as long, so we're not fully recovered. So we're just making it harder. So, like I said, that that can happen, and what do we see when we see this? Well, we see spikes in testosterone, right? That's the thing with pretty much all of these studies. We see, hey, what do they what does testosterone look like before, and then what it look like after, and they kind of measure and say, oh yeah, it's definitely spiked. But then what they see is a lot of times it's transient, meaning it kind of comes and goes. This is not like, hey, if I consistently work out, I'm just elevating my testosterone here, and it's going to stay there for the long run. It doesn't seem to be the case. A lot of times it kind of comes and goes, and it's not very long lasting, you know. A acute bout of heavy resistance training, a lot of times it spikes up to anywhere from like 30 minutes to an hour, maybe sometimes two hours. That's like the majority of things. There are some things saying, hey, you can maybe see a little bit elevated after 40 hours, but the majority of times it kind of spikes up and then goes back down. So that being said, right, we're saying, okay, well, man, we're increasing testosterone. That means we're gonna have to have, you know, we're gonna get huge with this and it's gonna increase our muscle size. And that doesn't necessarily play out that way. It'd be awesome if it is, but does not seem to be that we can do that. You know, just because the elevated testosterone does not equate to increased muscle protein synthesis, right? So we need muscle protein synthesis to kind of make our muscles and for hypertrophy to get our muscles bigger. And just because we have elevated testosterone levels does not mean we're going to have that elevated muscle protein synthesis. And by proxy of that, we essentially can't use elevations in testosterone to predict hypertrophy potential for humans. So like I said, you can see someone's spike in testosterone after the exercise. And based off of that, you can't say, oh, that person's going to have really good hypertrophy. It just doesn't seem to to match up. And so an increase in testosterone does not guarantee hypertrophy. That's kind of how it goes, which is kind of weird. There's a lot of nuance to this, but it's not as easy as, hey, my testosterone goes up. And therefore, I'm gonna get jacked, and therefore, it's awesome. And if I do that, that's gonna be high high testosterone. Like, that is not the case. We can have these transient spikes, and it doesn't equate to anything, meaning like long lasting. So, that being said, who's gonna benefit from like resistance training? And that's kind of the big question. And first of all, everyone, obviously, everyone should be resistance training, but in terms of, are there people that it will seem to help in from testosterone long term? And it does seem to have an increase in testosterone in like every group that we've studied. So, meaning if you're sedentary, you don't work out, if you are an endurance athlete, if you're resistance train, everything, testosterone will increase. But like I said, it is usually short-lived and most likely it's going to be benefit from resistance training and we'll talk about that more a little bit in endurance training but it's a spoiler alert that like anybody no matter what level of activity you do will benefit from resistance training whether you've never worked out before or whether you work at all the time like that's good and actually what's interesting is those who train more so people who did resistance training more tended to have higher spikes in testosterone which is kind of interesting so it's almost like your prime like your body knows it's ready for it and or is it just the fact that you can lift more and put more stress on your body. I don't know. Not exactly sure, but it seems to be that lifting is a good idea. Least shocking news of the day, I know, right? But I'm always going to preach that. And from a question is, well, people talk about testosterone all the time. Like Jordan, people take it and they get huge. How does that work? Like I said, that's kind of different. It seems to be a different response than your just a normal response exercise. Obviously, that's longer term. But that being said, how does it work? Well, testosterone can increase muscle size by increasing amino acid uptake and protein synthesis. Right. So if we are having some potential increase. Uptake of amino acids and we making proteins. That's good. And then also one thing it does is it inhibits protein degradation. So it kind of counteracts cortisol, and so it kind of gives a more positive environment uh, or hormonal milieu, will you say, for growing muscle. And that's like one of the big things is testosterone does. It kind of sets the environment, you know, and it doesn't necessarily say, hey, testosterone necessarily makes the protein or leads to hypertrophy but it kind of just gives you like all the stuff you need saying hey we're going to make this as optimal as possible and then your body's saying hey cool i'm all set up to for success here and that's kind of what it does all right next we're move on to endurance athletes right people always talk about resistance training they say oh resistance training for you know elevating your testosterone but they never really talk about endurance training is there something to that well let's talk about the data here most of the data is in elite athletes who are runners like i said the elite runners and then cyclists as well, but it's kind of a like more wide range anywhere from amateur to elite cyclists as well. And there are some overlying principles that, yeah, you can still increase your testosterone through endurance exercise. Once again, it's going to be kind of transient, like we see with resistance training, but you can definitely see it. There's a couple things that would increase your chance of having an increase in testosterone with endurance training, and that's specifically number one, your intensity, right? There's kind of a certain threshold or intensity that has to be hit in order to induce changes in serum testosterone. So, like I said, if you're just going out on a casual ride or a casual you know run that's probably not going to do it it's probably more intense you know in cycling they saw changes when they're at high intensity when they were comparing it to moderate or low and then running they only saw changes once they hit vo2 max of like 90 so you know if you ever get to 90 or vo2 max like it's not a good time you are not having fun and so people will say if you're going that high it's not going to be a very like leisurely workout right that's not your casual run 90 is like you are booking it and so it does, it does seem that it can increase. And they've seen ranges in the endurance literature anywhere from like 18 to 30% increase in testosterone. Once again, only lasted about an hour after exercise. So that seems to be a common theme is that, hey, yeah, we'll have an increase in testosterone, but once again, it goes down after a little bit of time. All right, the next concept I wanna talk about is overtraining. So the general definition for overtraining is any increase in training volume and or intensity resulting in long-term performance detriments. So essentially, Any amount of change in your volume or intensity that leads to you not performing as well, that is overtraining. And this is where we can see a drop in testosterone if that happens. Like I said, a lot of time, if you are getting to that overtraining, your volume is super intense. Like you have high volume, you have high intensity, and that seems to be really detrimental for your testosterone and kind of, we start to see lots of other issues, your performance isn't good, but that is one thing. So, you know, when you hear this podcast, you might be hearing the you know good things exercise, and I want you to hear that. I want you to hear that exercise is good and you should do it, absolutely. But, but taking to like the extreme extreme, you can have this overtraining. I so said, this is not something the vast, vast majority of people need to worry about. This is not someone who goes to the gym three times a week Week or four times a week, anything like that, that's not happening. But someone who's saying, hey, I want to be a competitive athlete, I'm a CrossFit athlete, I'm an intense runner, things like that, where people take it to like, you know, they're really, really pushing themselves and doing hours and hours of training each week. That is something we consider. So like I said, that is never going to be good for your testosterone or performance. So that's just something we need to keep in mind. And then specifically looking over training, it does seem that volume is worse for testosterone than intensity. So, meaning like if you have high intensity workouts, but they're not as long, that doesn't seem to be as much of an issue as if you're just doing lots and lots of volume. So, that kind of makes sense there as well. It seems to be general experience that people can tolerate um, intensity a little bit better than volume. And so, like we talked about, how long do these changes last? If everyone on the internet is saying, do these exercises increase your testosterone, but you're telling me they only last an hour, like what the heck, Doran? What does that mean? Well most studies do show that there's a precipitous decline back to around baseline within about 90 minutes. Like I said, what is the reason for this spike? Well, the mechanism's not totally clear. You know, it's possible that you have an LH spike as well with exercise. So if you remember, go back to like our first episode, we talked about how LH kind of goes to the testes and stimulates testosterone synthesis. It can happen, but it doesn't line up perfectly as there's like a 45 minute delay between the LH spike and testosterone. So that doesn't seem to be necessarily the case, but may have something to do with it from an endurance perspective, they thought that maybe, you know, there's an increased catecholamine release, right? But eventually cortisol kind of increases and that inhibits testosterone production. So it might be that early catecholamine release. From a resistance training perspective, maybe there's a stimulation of testosterone production by stimulating release of, once again, GNRH or LH. And so we're not entirely sure why these spikes happen, but it's definitely a response, right? For whatever reason, our body, when they're under acute stress says, hey, I need to make some more of this and we can use that as a benefit. And we do see, like I said, it can kind of prime the environment, but like I said, it goes up and then goes back down. So it is not like, hey, if you work out, you're automatically gonna boost your testosterone It's gonna stay there long-term. That doesn't seem to be the case. And then a question we kind of have on top of that is like, well, do these spikes in testosterone lead to positive changes, right? So we're doing this, is it these spikes that are causing all the benefits from exercise that we see? And well, the answer is we don't really know. We're not quite sure. There is a possible explanation that when we have increases in testosterone this may upregulate androgen receptor expression and increase myofibrillar protein synthesis so like i said in layman's terms you're saying hey the androgen receptor is the receptor that testosterone and other androgens bind to you may upregulate that expression meaning hey there's more receptors around ready to be activated and obviously we know androgen receptors can do a bunch of different things in terms of increasing muscle and all that stuff and so it might be just kind of priming the environment, or it may actually increase mRNA translation increase antigen receptor half-life. So once again, there's more of them. Maybe they're hanging around longer. And then with these adaptations, that may lead to optimized adaptations for hypertrophy. So like I said, it's not exactly sure, but we're maybe having an increase in antigen receptors kind of around. And then we have testosterone after exercise. And so it's like, we have more receptors and more testosterone. Boom. That's like a match made in heaven. But like I said, it's still acute. So, but in this acute setting, that is kind of a right environment for having positive adaptations that we want. However, there are caveats. There are studies that show even in the setting of normal testosterone, you can still see similar muscle adaptations, meaning you can still see normal hypertrophy and strength changes without necessarily a spike in testosterone. And so that's kind of weird. You step back and say, how, wh- what? Like, how can that be? Like I said, it seems like there are some beneficial properties and some things happening from exercise at the cellular level that are attributed just to exercise and not testosterone. So that's why I'm saying it's much more complicated than just testosterone will get you jacked. And we know that, right? If you just have testosterone, but you don't work out, there have been studies that, yeah, you will see potentially some increase in lean body mass, but it's not gonna get you huge. It's the actual lifting and you know aerobic exercise and all those things, the stress on your body seem to play an important role in you know hypertrophy and muscle protein synthesis all those things seem to play a factor so it's not just testosterone testosterone plus these cellular changes at the muscle and that being said so when we exercise we have those changes but then we have testosterone right a spike in testosterone from currently exercising that's kind of like this once again perfect situation you're having a primed environment with the things we need to do to make things bigger and stronger and like i said that's kind of where we see the benefit in that acute setting but then things go down and kind of hang out and so like i said it's not definitive as like why this happens but that seems to be the general theme and then kind of one concept i want to talk about as well is how does obesity and age affect exercise changes in testosterone right so if you have obesity or you're up there in age do you still get benefits and testosterone changes with exercise? Let's talk about it first. So in obesity, it does seem to increase in whether you're obese or non-obese. We do have an increase in testosterone, but there does seem to be less of a response in obesity. So once again, you will see an increase in testosterone with the exercise that we've talked about, but it seems to be kind of blunted and less than those who are non-obese. From an age perspective, once again, we still have an increase, and we'll have like the similar, same, similar styles kind of affected, meaning high intensity resistance training, all that stuff. Just once again, the response is not as high, and then so when we're older, we have or we have obesity, like I said, we are going to see similar changes, just not to the level we normally see. And so the big question we all have is, do these acute changes in testosterone with exercise, do they lead to an increase in basal resting testosterone levels? So when I mean basal resting, I mean kind of your steady state. If you get your blood drawn, you know what is your testosterone level? Does that increase with exercise? And overall, exercise in and of itself doesn't seem to be playing a huge role in raising basal testosterone levels. I'm sorry if that disappoints you, if that kind of goes against everything you've ever heard, but it doesn't seem like exercise is the biggest factor in raising your basal testosterone levels. In fact, some chronic exercises had, decrease in testosterone like i said we're probably getting into that functional overreaching or overtraining area but that's just a different caveat that like hey it's not a guarantee and based on the data exercise has a neutral or negative effect on basal testosterone and like i said negative not like negative in terms of like oh you shouldn't do it but we're saying if you go too far it can show negative effects on testosterone and otherwise it's like kind of neutral like we said those acute spikes we know are good exercise is fantastic we know that but we don't quite understand like why it does what it does right because all we're doing is we're stressing the body, we're you know, having reactive oxygen species, we're having oxidative stress from all these like stressful things that are quote unquote bad, but like we know they're good for us from exercise. So the question we still don't fully understand is why is exercise so good for us? And it kind of goes hand in hand here, like why are these spikes in testosterone? Like why is that a thing? And what do they do? But overall, based on the data, it doesn't look like exercising or resistance training has a huge impact on your basal levels of testosterone. And so the one caveat I wanna talk about here is that we actually may see a long-term increase in testosterone in those who have excess adiposity or those who have obesity. It's kind of contradictory to lean individuals, but like I said, we do see that potential basal increase in testosterone in those who have obesity. The question is, Is there something specific about that? Is the obesogenic environment kind of primed for any sort of improvements? And hey, if you exercise, we're ready to turn this around. Or is the fact that they're losing weight with exercise, as we know, losing weight can have an impact on raising testosterone. So not entirely sure on that, but that does seem the situation where, hey, exercise does seem to raise up your testosterone, but is it, like I said, just from the weight loss? We're not entirely sure, but that is what we've seen. And from an age perspective, we may see an increase in basal testosterone in sedentary older men, but not clear. So once again, it's not like, you're just going to see this huge increase in basal testosterone with exercise. And in some studies actually suggest that you can't tell the difference between lifelong exercisers and sedentary individual older adults. So that's kind of depressing there, but it means that there's probably a large lifestyle and genetic component that kind of sits and plays into your resting testosterone. So, um, like I said, testosterone is tricky and it's complicated. So we're not sure, but, and so what's my takeaway? Well, my takeaway is exercise is good. Sorry if I just wasted 20 minutes of your life because you already knew that, but overall resistance and aerobic training are good for you and may have positive effects on testosterone, but not in the way most people think. But either way, regardless of pre-existing conditioning, body weight, or age, resistance exercise that consists of larger muscle groups, you know, higher volume, sufficiently intense, meaning moderate to high intensity, and shorter rest intervals seem to result in an acute spike in testosterone. However, however, these spikes don't necessarily equate to long-term increases in our testosterone. That's like the take-home point there. And for specific age and other comorbidities, understanding that we may see a lower spike in older men and those who have obesity. So once again, we still expect to see positive changes, but not necessarily to the level of those who don't have obesity or are younger. So like I said, The caveats here there's lots of variables of these studies like exercise intensity duration type of exercise the different populations you looked at so it's really hard to fully determine you know what this all means and so what's my take on this well my take is that you shouldn't worry about optimizing your testosterone i think that's a waste of time i think you should optimize the things you want to get better at whether that's strength hypertrophy or endurance work on those things and don't worry about the rest the only caveat to that is making sure we're not going too far in the other direction and we lead to overtraining which can have a decrease in testosterone but otherwise i just want you to work out work out hard because that is the most important thing that we can do the act of exercising is the most important thing we do for our overall health and for our overall testosterone levels in terms of like optimizing our body composition there's nothing inherently special about any specific movement that will take you from a resting testosterone level of 300 to 900 that's going to be a whole lifestyle change there's no one tricky Exercise that you need to do, but I just want you to exercise and exercise hard with intensity and be smart about it. But that's going to be the biggest thing. And to focus on those things and focus on getting better on the things you want to get better. Don't focus on increasing a testosterone number. I think that's kind of a waste of time. And so we are finally done. Thank you so much for following along. I appreciate it. If you would, sign up for my mailing list. I email you about once a week to kind of let you know anytime I have a new video, podcast, or article that comes out. You know, I never spam you. I hate spam, so we do not ever do that. But there's a link in the show notes. And so thank you so much for following along. I appreciate it. Now get off your phone, get outside, enjoy the rest of your day. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment, education, and informational purposes only. The topics discussed should not solely be used to diagnose, treat, or prevent any condition. The information presented here was created with an evidence-based approach, but please keep in mind that science is always changing, and at the time of listening to this, there may be some new data that makes this information incomplete or inaccurate. Always seek the advice of your personal physician or qualified healthcare provider for questions regarding any medical condition.